Hello everybody, welcome to Shift Church. Uh, my name is Tim Carter, I'm the Vicar of All Saints in Wellington and St Catherine's Iton and I'm joined uh, on this episode of the Shift Church by Lynn. Say good evening Lynn. Good evening. Say hello Liz. Hello, good evening everyone. Hey, um, and it's good evening to those of you who are joining us live on Facebook. Uh, but it might be good morning or good afternoon or good middle of the night to others of you listening to the podcast or catching up on video later. Shift Church is, Shift Church is designed to shift through the week so that you can engage with us, whatever is uh, good for you. Uh, so that is what we're doing. We've got about an hour of uh, conversation, of looking at the Bible, of worship, prayer, just things to sustain us in our walk with Jesus. It's really good to be here today. Um, and I think if you're with us live, you can put things on the comment stream. I think who's looking after the comment stream tonight? I, I'm looking after the comment stream. And it's funny that you say uh, we might have people from different time zones um, because we've got Sarah with us tonight. And I know that Sarah's from the US. So what time is it there, <laughs> Sarah? Put it in the comment stream. That would be interesting. Liz will pick it up in yeah. a bit. Yeah. And hi to Charlotte. Hello to Charlotte, Ali, Emily, Becky as well. It's lovely to see you all. Yeah. And everyone else who I can't see names yet. Yeah, do say hello to each other in the comments stream. Um, ask questions, make comments, uh, whatever, really. And if you're not with us live, you don't have to miss out. You can join in the conversation either on the Facebook, uh, in the Facebook group uh, for Shift Church or uh, by email. Email me tim at allsaints-wellington.org. I say this every week. I very rarely get emails, but I keep putting it out there. If you something really grasps you this evening and you want to join the conversation, do. We'll talk about it next week. Um, yeah, and um, Sarah says it's three o'clock in the afternoon where she is. So. Oh, lovely! Is it like nice weather? You is it is it is it the same season over there or is it a different season is it freezing cold you sat out in the sunshine that's the other question sarah and where you are i think yeah it must be where because my friends in boston and they're absolutely covered in snow at the moment so it's, uh, america's a very big <laughs> group <Yeah>. of countries <laughs> it is a very Still, yes right um, david's david's here and he says tim you've forgotten to put your dog collar on <laughs> uh, strictly speaking, I took it off because I was going for a chiropractic appointment and then I couldn't be bothered to put yes. it back on again. I've got my guitaring t-shirt on instead. Well, I bet David isn't wearing it. You're not showing your guitaring t-shirt though. Well, you can see the guitars. Keep calm and what? Play guitar. <laughs> oh, come on. We, we, we all need to look at that. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and I've got I've got one of these. There you go. And, um, got, oh, actually, no, I've got one of no, I haven't quite. I've got one of these, and I've got one of these, but I haven't got a flying V. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, you and Nathaniel would like one of those between you, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So Sarah is in a snowstorm, in fact. So there you go. We're doing well to see if her broadband continues. So we think we've got it bad. <laughs> Uh, so yes, tonight we are continuing uh, to think about our, our value of, of being a church that celebrates, of celebrating, of valuing, celebrating, and we're thinking about being generous. Um, and we were kind of, before we came on, we were thinking about um, 
what we might do as a bit of a thought starter this evening. And we didn't get very far beyond thinking about sharing times when um, people have been, we've received generosity or people have been generous to us or we've had really good gifts, really re received really special gifts. So we could go with that. Mm -hmm. So I just uh, invite you to share on the comment stream at times when someone's been really generous to you. Um, and Liz and Lynn can share yeah. as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I can think of a couple of times actually. Of, well, I can think of lots of times that you've been generous to me too, because oh. you're a very generous person. But <laughs> you are. Pardon? Take that as red. What? Yeah, we'll take that as red. Well, there's a there's a couple of instances I'm I'm thinking of, and one was when we were um, we were really struggling with money um, once, and we were at New Wine. And um, somebody handed me an envelope and said, I felt God saying to give this to you. And it had like hundreds of pounds and amazing time of generosity. And I hardly knew this person. She'd just been praying about who to give the money to. So that was one, that massive generosity. Um, and the other time was um, my brother is a really generous person and, and he had to sell his caravan. But instead of selling it, he decided to give it to us. And he said... Uh, well, you you like our caravan so you have it and that's just such an amazingly generous thing to do and that always when the word generosity always makes me think about that so i'm very grateful mm. any ideas from you lynn yeah the one thing that sticks with me it's quite an old one it's about 30 years ago we were a family of four and um we were in the ministry come Contrary to what people think, you don't earn a good wage. And we just could not afford a holiday of any kind that year. And so, and but you know, my ex-husband worked very hard, really, really needed that two years, that two weeks break, as did we all. And we were just sort of looking ahead and not seeing any way out of this. And somebody gifted us a two-week holiday. They um, I forget the details, but they either had a house or had a holiday home in Northumberland and to stay there, you know, totally free, a family of four for two weeks. And that was amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. had a massive impact on you, it sounds like. Well, I remembered it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, got, I've actually got loads more stories of generosity, but there's too many, uh, there's too much to go into. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I've probably got more, but that's the one which sticks with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of one of the one of the kind of real blessings for me of being a uh, in the role I am is that um, I'm party to quite a lot of generosity between people in the church or um, in, out into the community that not very many people know about, and I I only know about it because we kind of take it through the church's book so that we can do it. So I I see quite a lot of the generosity of folk in the church that other people don't necessarily see. And it always, it always really inspires me and makes me thankful for the generosity of people in the church. Um, yeah. 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 Oh, that's really lovely. Yeah. 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 I don't think anyone on the stream have talked about generous, any generous stories, but do, do share them as time goes on. Yeah. Um, Okay, so those are our thought starters. We've got a slightly longer and slightly different spoken word piece this evening. Some of you will have come across the Bible Project before. If not, do Google it. There's loads of really good um, 
little explainer videos and things about various topics and in the Bible and books of the Bible. And there's one on generosity. So it's a bit longer than we normally have, but it's um, we thought it was Lynn found it. And I thought, yeah, it's a really good uh, way into this. So uh, let's hand over to the Bible project for a little bit of an introduction to generosity. Here we go. Imagine your friend invites you to a party. You arrive and there's lots of people, decorations, food and drink. There's enough for everyone. When you're hosted by someone that generous, you don't have to worry about your needs. You can just enjoy yourself and focus on the people around you. Yeah, that's what a good host wants for her guests. And this is the picture of the world that we find in the Bible. Creation is an expression of God's generous love. He's the host and humans are his guests in a world of opportunity and abundance. And we're called to keep the party going, to spread his goodness. This is a beautiful picture, but it's not the way people experience the world. Rather, we find a world of scarcity and struggle, not abundance. And Jesus grew up in that kind of world, under military occupation, people losing their land or families to debt and poverty. And yet, he would say things like this, look at the birds. They don't store up food for themselves, yet they have enough. Or consider the wildflowers. They're beautiful and abundant, and they don't stress about their existence. And you all should live that way too. But surely Jesus knew that things don't always work out. I mean, sometimes there really isn't enough. And Jesus did experience poverty firsthand, but he viewed the world through the story of the Hebrew scriptures, which claimed that our scarcity problem isn't caused by a lack of resources. Rather, the problem is our mindset that God can't be trusted. Maybe God's holding out on me. Maybe there isn't enough and maybe I need to take matters into my own hands. And once we're deceived into that mindset of scarcity, we can justify the impulse to take care of me and mine before anyone else. And that leads to envy and anger, violence, and a world where it seems like there's not enough. The party's over, it's turned into a battleground. But God wants humans to experience his generosity. And so he chooses one people, the family of Abraham. And he promises to give them the abundance that he wants for everybody else. God will provide what they need. All they have to do is trust his generosity. And through them, the whole world will see how generous the host really is. But that's not what happens. Abraham's descendants, the Israelites, enter a land of abundance and they promptly forget the host who gave it to them. They act like it's all theirs and like there's not enough. And it leads to war and Israel's self-destruction. If I were the host of this party, I think I'd just give up. But God doesn't give up. What he does is surprising. He gives another gift. Another gift? Yeah, but this gift is different. What God gives is himself. All right, and Jesus, the host himself, comes to join in on the spoiled party. And notice, Jesus lives with the conviction that there is enough and that our generous host can be trusted. His mindset of abundance allowed him to live sacrificially and generously, even towards his enemies. And Jesus called his followers to trust in God's abundance like him. And that's why he said things like, 
sell your possessions and give to the poor, or don't worry about your life. He's inviting us to live by a different story, one that is built on trust in God's goodness and love. But living generously doesn't mean life is gonna go well. I mean, look at Jesus. He was betrayed by his friends and he suffered. And this was no surprise to Jesus. He knew that people would take advantage of his generosity. In fact, that was his plan. Really? Yeah, think about it. Jesus knows that we're all hopelessly deceived by this lie that there's not enough. Yeah, that lie needs to be defeated. And so that's what Jesus was doing when he gave us the gift of his life. Jesus' death was the ultimate expression of God's generous love. Yeah, God's love can turn death into life and scarcity back into abundance. Or as the Apostle Paul put it, you know the gift of our Lord Jesus the Messiah, that even though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And Jesus called his followers to live like the real party has begun. Yes, he called it the kingdom of God. And our invitation to this party is yet another gift, the personal presence of God's own spirit that can teach us how to trust the generosity of the host, just like Jesus did. Yeah, and when you believe there's enough, you start seeing opportunities for generosity everywhere with our time and money, our attention. Yes, one of the most important ways that we can experience the abundance of God's new creation is sharing with others because of our trust that God is the generous host. So, as I said, really good introduction to the theme of generosity there. Mm -hmm. I will put that on the Facebook group later. And also, um, yeah, if you intrigued in other Bible Project videos, do go to BibleProject.com. They're fab. Yeah, they're, they're very good videos, actually. So, to help us continue thinking about this or follow on from that introduction, we've got a couple of Bible readings tonight, and we're going to start with... Deuteronomy. Who is reading Deuteronomy for us? Me. You, Lynn. So it's Deuteronomy 15, verses 1 to 11, I believe. Um, the year for cancelling debts. At the end of every seven years, you must cancel debts. This is how it is to be done. Every creditor shall cancel the loan he has made to his fellow Israelite. He shall not require payment from his fellow Israelite or brother, because the Lord's time for cancelling debts has been proclaimed. You may require payment from a foreigner, but you must cancel any debt your brother owes you. However, there should be no poor among you, for in the land your Lord is giving you to possess as his inheritance. He will richly bless you. If only you fully obey your, the Lord your God and are careful to follow all these commands I am giving you today. For the Lord your God will bless you as he has promised and you will lend to many nations but will borrow from none. You will rule over many nations but none will rule over you. If there is a poor man among, among your brothers in any of the towns of the land that the Lord is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards your poor brother. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend him whatever he needs. Be careful not to harbour this wicked thought. 
The seventh year, the year for cancelling debts, is near, so that you do not show ill will towards your needy brother and give him nothing. He may then appeal to the Lord against you, and you will be found guilty of sin. Give generously to him and do so without, with a gr without a grudging heart. Then because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your brothers and towards the poor and needy in your land. Thank you. And Liz, where are you reading from? Um, I am reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 8, um, verses 1 to, I think it's 15 here, 1 to 15. I think it's 2 Corinthians. It's 2, two, Corinthians. Corin two Corinthians 8, 1 to 15. I'm, I'm in the right place. I just said the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's called the collection for the Lord's people. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They earned in this service to the Lord's people and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty might become rich. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also the, to have the desire to do so so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by a com completion of it according to your means. But if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according to what ha one has, not according to what one does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard pressed, but there might be that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. The goal is equality, as it is written. The one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Mm. There you go. There you go indeed. Thank you both very much. So yeah, I just thought I'd share a few reflections coming out of these readings. I thought we'd start with the second one and then move backwards to the first one. Um, so this, this letter um, to Corinthians, it is uh, a letter written by the Apostle Paul 
to the Christians in Corinth. And as the clue, as the name suggests, it's the second letter. And as we read all the way through both letters to the Corinthians, we kind of can tell that Paul's relationship with the Christians in Corinth is a bit rocky, to be perfectly honest. They haven't always seemed eye to eye. They've fallen out. Quite a lot of his letters have got um, challenges and even rebukes in them to some of the things that are going on in the Corinthian church. Um, and we, I think we can see this in this passage in, in the beginning of chapter eight. There seems to be some kind of um, ongoing pattern within the early Christian churches where churches in one town that were flourishing and prosperous would send uh, money or gifts or food to Christians in another town which were going badly. There's one particularly famous one, there was a famine in Jerusalem and uh, many of the churches around, around the area gathered together uh, resources to send to their brothers and sisters in Jerusalem. It seems this has built up into a bit of a pattern. And here Paul is writing to the Christians in Corinth about it, but he's tying himself a bit in knots. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love. And I'm not telling you to do this, but this would be good. And look at what those Christians over there are doing. And you don't want to be. And we can sometimes get ourselves in our knickers in a twist, like Paul does when we're talking about generosity, because we're English and we don't like talking about money. Um, but I think <laughs> It seems to me when we do that, we miss an opportunity actually to express uh, something of the generosity of God in our own generosity. And there's a couple of things I just wanted to pull out of this that I think um, can be important for us. So in verse two, he's talking about the Macedonian churches and he says, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. And um, it just strikes me that the principle Paul is illustrating here is that we don't have to be well off to be generous. And we, it's not that we um, wait until we, we're sorted and we've got a bit extra and we think, oh, well, we've got a bit extra now we can give it away. That's not the pattern of generosity we see in the Bible. What we see in the Bible is okay, I've got this, I want to be generous, so I'm going to live beneath my means and give away what I actually could, could, could usefully use myself. Because to be honest, if we're only giving away what we've got left over from when we've satisfied all what we want, then it's not actually generosity, is it? Because we're not actually giving anything away. We're just kind of, oh, there's, there's a bit of excess. Um, and, and I think the principle there is we, we, we don't need to think that we need to wait until we've got enough before we start giving. So my experience is, is that if you, if you choose to give before you feel like you've got enough, actually somehow you end up having enough. Um, God, God is generous and backfills. Um, so that was the first uh, thing. And then skipping a little bit to the end, it kind of balances that up with our desire is not that others might be relieved while you're hard pressed, but that there might be equality. So he's not saying dig yourself into a great big hole of debt and starvation so that you can give. <laughs> he's, he's saying you need to find that sweet spot between um, C.S. Lewis um, wrote that um, 
Christian giving involved giving as much as you could afford and then a little bit more. So he, the suggestion was that it's not about a hair shirt and whipping yourself in and giving everything away so you're destitute necessarily, though Jesus did tell one rich person to do exactly that. Um, but if our giving doesn't feel like it's costing us anything that we actually want to do, if we're not feeling the pinch, then I think we might want to ask ourselves, are we actually being generous? in our giving, whether that's time or money or of ourselves, whatever arena we call to be generous in, if we don't feel like it costs us anything, then are we actually being generous in the way that Jesus was generous? Because he, as he, as uh, Paul says here, Jesus was in the riches of heaven, which he gave up to come to earth and live as one of us and then went to death on the cross following the will of his father. He gave his life, he gave his heavenly place, he gave up his own will to follow the Father's will. Jesus really bore the cost of generosity. And if our, if our giving, in whatever shape it is, isn't actually costing us anything, doesn't feel like it's pinching a bit, is it really generosity? But it's not we need to be hard-pressed, but that there should be equality so that our plenty can supply other people's need and in turn their plenty will supply our need. And then in verse 15, this is interesting, Paul says, the one who gathered much did not have gathered have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. And this refers back to all the way back, right at the beginning of the Bible, to Exodus. Um, famous story, the people of God have been slavery in, in slavery in Egypt, um, and if you think of, um, oh, what's the um, Disney film called? Prince of Egypt. Oh. Prince of Egypt. Go and watch Prince of Egypt. So the people are in slavery. Um, God sends Moses. Now a musical. A musical Prince of Egypt, yes. God sends Moses to free them and he goes to Pharaoh and says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no. And Moses says, let my people go. Eventually to Pharaoh does let them go. They escape from Egypt, cross the Red Sea on dry land and come out into the wilderness. And they're there. And they bought some food, but they haven't got loads. And then before long, they're going like, we're hungry. We miss the cucumbers of Egypt, they say to Moses. I love that bit. <laughs> the cucumbers. Um, never mind the slavery and the beating and the whipping and the having to make bricks, but we miss the cucumbers. Um, if you don't believe me, look it up. Genuinely, that is what they say. I am not making it up. Um, and um, God sends food from heaven called manna that comes down in the morning um, and the Israelites, the people of God, go out and gather it. And it says, he who gathered much did not have too much. He who gathered little did not have too little. Somehow, whatever they went out and gathered was enough. Um, the, but if they, they were told to gather enough for the day and some of them thought, oh, oh, what if we haven't got enough for tomorrow? And they gathered more than enough for today. And when they got up next morning, the extra that they'd gathered the day before was full of worms and maggots and inedible. Mm. And it really picks up this theme that was in the Bible Project video of generosity, generosity is all about trusting God. Do we trust God to provide for tomorrow or are we going to hoard what we have today? And then it turns to maggots overnight. The, the story of manna, it isn't just about uh, magic bread appearing from heaven. It is all about God's generosity. So much so 
that Paul refers to it in his, his letter to the church of Corinth. And of course, the people of God go through the desert and they reach the Jordan and the promised land and they send uh, people out to spy the land, see what's there. And the spies come back and they say, oh, it's beautiful, this promised land. It's absolutely fantastic. Just one problem. There are giants living there. And the people of God get scared because despite all they've seen, they don't trust God to see them into the promised land. And again, they say to Moses, you brought us out here to kill us. And God says, do you know what? I've had enough of you. You can wander around the wilderness for 40 years and have a think about it. So the people of God do that and then they come back to the shores of the Jordan, ready now to go into the promised land, having found the trust in God. And as they're ready to go in, um, Moses reminds them of the Ten Commandments that they've received and he tells them all these laws that are all about nation forming. This is how you're to live when you get into the promised land so that the promise remains a blessing. And that is where we end up in Deuteronomy, which Liz read for us. Did Liz read? No, Lynn read no. Lynn read Deuteronomy, the second law, the law <laughs> that just says, right, this is how you are to live as a nation together when you are, go into the promised land. And we get this idea of every seven years, all debt is cancelled. Can you imagine a society? It's a year of jubilee. All your credit card debts, everything, every seven years, cancelled. And the bank isn't allowed to say, with uh, six months, six years, nine months, oh no, we're not going to lend to you because in three months we'd have to cancel the debt. No, 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 you have to keep lending, you have to keep giving. And then every seven years the debt's cancelled. There's no generational debt because God is trustworthy. God is the source of blessing. There is plenty in the land for everyone. There is no need for ongoing debt. Um, and that is what underpins all of this teaching. Um, it doesn't need, he says, um, da, 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 da. there need be no poor people among you, for in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess, he will richly bless you. And this goes back to what the Bible Project um, video was saying. The, the, the myth that there is not enough is exact. It's not even a myth, because myths can hold elements of truth. It's a deception of scarcity. In this world that God has given us, there is enough for everyone. The problem is not the amount of resource. The problem is always the distribution of resource. There is enough. There yeah. was enough in the promise. There was enough manna. There was enough in the promised land. There is enough mm. now. Mm. We would just be generous with the generosity we've received from God. Mm. Um, and we can as we trust god we don't have to grudgingly give we give generously because we know that as we give out so we receive as i was preparing for this evening my eye was caught by the um, bit in chapter 14 which is just before this which talks about tithing some of you will be familiar with the idea of tithing that we give 10 percent of our pre-tax income to god uh, for him to use as he wants to and that's what we, we teach at All Saints, and that's what we model in our giving and in, in how we use our money at All Saints. Uh, we encourage people to give 10% of their uh, pre-tax income away every year. Um, and the roots of that are in this Old Testament practice of tithing. But, and I do have to say that I, I have to own up to something here. Let me read you what this says. Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Eat 
the tithe of your corn, new wine and olive oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name. If that place is too distant, then sell all those crops, 10% of your crops every year, and take the silver with you and go and buy cattle, sheep, wine or other fermented drink or anything you, you wish, then you and your household shall eat there in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice. Basically, the Old Testament system of tithing was every year, take 10% of what you get in harvest and have a massive party. <laughs> have a That's cool. Party. <laughs> and, then, and then it says one, at the end of every three years, so every third year, take the tithe and take it to the Levites to be uh, stored and distributed amongst the poor. So every third year, use your tithe to give to the poor, but the other two years, take 10% of everything you earn that year and throw a massive party. Now, I do have to confess that I, we don't do that. We don't follow that bit of the rule of tithe, and I've been struck by it today, and I'm still not processed exactly what that means. But it just... Maybe we should. Maybe we should. Maybe we should be a bit or more... Or at least have a party as well as giving away. Particularly... Given we're talking about Didn't you say have a party where you worship yes <laughs> take it to the temple and have a massive party with massive one, party uh, in church and uh, the best bread and beef and lamb and barbecue there's an interesting interesting thought for us who are anyway but just to round this off and invite the whole community yeah. Something to aim for. Just to round this off, as we were praying before we started, uh, Liz prayed something about this evening about us being able to be open-handed. And I, uh, maybe she had pre-read the Deuteronomy passage, um, but I was really struck by that. And then when we had it again at the end where it says, I command you to be open-handed toward those of your people who are poor and needy in your land. And it just two illustrations struck me. I wonder if you've come across the thing of the child and the cookie jar. And the child puts their hand into the cookie jar and grabs a fistful of cookies, but can't take their hand out of the cookie jar because they've got a handful of cookies and they get really, really upset because they want the cookies. They don't right. want to let go of the cookies, but they can't get to the cookies because mm -hmm. the thing, their hand is closed on the cookies in the way of them getting out the good stuff. And sometimes, it feels like we've got closed hands inside the cookie jar and we can't even get to the good stuff we want because our hands are closed. And the other thing is, is of course that when our hands are closed, we can't receive the good stuff that God has for us. And as soon as we open our hands in generosity, the, the, the moment we do that, God pours more stuff into them than we can hold in our hands and it overflows our, out of our open hands to others. But as soon as we close our hands and try and hold on to what we think we need to hold on to. We actually become closed to what God wants to give us and we can't experience fully God's generosity to us because we've closed ourselves off to generosity to others. So there's my thoughts on generosity tonight and radical generosity and how that's part of celebrating. Um, so really welcome your questions or comments on the comment stream or by email. Um, and we're going to continue to have a bit of a conversation about it now as well. So I've ranted a bit. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Um, well, I'm struck by the obviously the Deuteronomy bit. Um, like you say, that sort of 
chronologically came first. It's like detail in there, you know, that because obviously, you know, Moses knew people, what people were like, and the detail so that people won't wiggle and find a loophole and think, aha, it's coming to the end of the seven years. So I won't lend it to you to you now because in a year I'm gonna to have to cancel it. Mm. <laughs> you know, the, the detail about sort of, you know, yeah. it's just the sheer detail in it. Um but that was, you know, every seven years, the cancellation of debt. And this was how society was supposed to be, to live by these laws. And that would be a just and, and generous society. And we have sort of strayed so, 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 so far. I mean, it didn't even, it didn't even last for long in for the children of Israel, did it? They, they got into the promised land, they forgot it all and, went their own way and it's it's a mindset as he said in that little video it's a mindset of thinking you know god is generous i must be generous you know there must be cancellation of debt you know be unhanded towards my brothers to others to the needy but no they forgot that and, and you know i want to keep it all for myself like you say the kid in the cookie jar and um we have strayed so so far a whole economy a whole society is built on on debt, <laughs> it is. I mean, you heard in COP26, you know, the the richer nations mm. promised um, money for uh, so that poorer nations who, who need it more because they are in the global south um, to for, to adapt to climate change, and mm. the richer nations haven't given the money they promised, mm. and mm. they're still they're still not giving enough. Mm. Um, that our the aid budget in the UK has been slashed mm. and you know and that was paltry even as it was yeah. and that's what you know the government of our country decides to give to the poor which is basically um what they need them to 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 to, to for a basic standard of living I've mm. been watching a few um Fair trade videos lately because fair trade fortnight's coming up in March. Mm. I was watching a few that really short. It was really interesting. It's like how climate change is affecting them, and it's like um, you know the coffee farmer in Peru or wherever. Mm. Um, there are diseases now that are affecting the coffee crop. Well, if that farmer's crop it, it is wiped out then he's lost everything, you know. That is his entire income. It's mm. um, a lot. You know, that is his house, his children's education, gone. And we don't think like that because we have a different system, don't we? We think, well, I've got a car, I've got my house, my children's education's okay, I've got health there. But there are people, thousands, millions, billions of people in the world who don't have that mm. at all. safety net, do they? Yeah, and, yeah. and so, so we think might think I'm poor, mm. I'm I'm not rich, but it's all very comparative, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Liz, anything? <laughs> any thoughts from you? Yeah, well, I was just uh, uh, I was just sometimes it's the the little things that we can be generous in, and we were talking about big acts of generosity at the beginning, weren't we? Um, but I was thinking about, you know, I was thinking about um, when Jesus talked about the widow's offering 
and he was talking about how she gave everything that she had and that seemed like such a small amount but it was the it was the action of her heart and the people who were giving the big amounts were were just giving something that was like scratch not scratching the surface to them sorry my internet's really bad tonight not scratching the surface to, um, for them um so it really just brought it home to me that that kind of heart action and and it's our heart towards greed and keeping for ourselves or is it towards you know opening our hands out to others mm. and um i think it's, you know it's a question i ask myself and a question we probably all you know, should ask. And um, actually, there's a couple of interesting things on the stream. Mm -hmm. And um, one of them is um, a little bit of a challenge about generosity. Um, um, uh, talking about when um, people take advantage of your generosity, what do you do about that? So Charlotte's saying, um, I'd do anything to help anyone. But unfortunately, some people over the years have taken advantage of that which makes me now a little bit more hesitant, but I am still a really giving person, which she toasts. And, um, and, and Danny says, having a dilemma with an issue with somebody that asks for help a lot, it makes you feel used, um, but it can be more complicated than that. So that, you know, that's, that's a bit of a challenge about what do you do? Yeah how do you be generous in that situation <laughs> they're, 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 they are they are really difficult those are really difficult questions and um sometimes yeah. it's it also feels like you're um enabling a something that's actually in the long run unhealthy for that person as well so um there's a oh, i can't remember what it's called it's something like toxic generosity or toxic charity um that actually sometimes the way we give can actually not in the long run be helpful for that for that other person because um, you're, you're 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 enabling them to stay in a destructive pattern and actually sometimes the right thing to do is to say actually no I'm not going to give you what you're asking for because in the long run it's it's not going to be good for you um, and. And yeah, I, I recognise that that sense of sometimes feeling used and taken advantage of. Um, I think we do have to be we do have to be careful on that one, um, not to get sucked into it. Um, having said that, Jesus did seem in what he was talking about to encourage us to err on the side of us being well he definitely allowed himself to be used and taken advantage of um, and to err on the side of that err on the side of generosity but still be sensible does that make any sense yeah very much so yeah I would say as well in all of those readings the people both who gave and who were being urged to give were urged to pray mm. before giving or they prayed and then they were God has spoke to them and said, give to the Macedonians or, or whoever. Um, so in pay face to the dilemma, to, to prayer. And each instance is individual because you don't know what's going on in a person's life. Mm. Um, um, 
it led them to ask for help, or um, the person who's giving, you don't know what's going on in their life, really. So you, it, it's hard to make a judgment sort of here and now. Mm. There's a, um, a couple more things on the stream as well. Um, Ali mentioned something else that can be an issue um, with generosity teaching in churches. Um, and she talks about the prosperity gospel, where people believe they need to give to increase their wealth. It diminishes faith in God's ability to provide. Yeah. And yeah, I can I completely agree. Yeah, that is with that. Um, it really makes me cringe when I hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Becky is talking about how um, before COVID, she volunteered for the local RSPCA, which she loves. Um, and she misses that. Mm. But hopefully she'll be able to do it again. She, she tries to be generous with her time, but sometimes she feels doesn't doesn't have enough time to see everyone that she wants to. Um, she says sometimes it's hard to trust others because there are so many scams and fraudsters and people out to get what they can. But she has to have faith and trust in people because if not, what's the point of being human? So I guess that's a little bit what referring back to what you were saying, Tim, about about sort of sort of erring on the side of kind of take you take you for all you got it's um still being still i don't know modeling that generosity that jesus did and um uh, one more comment here um emmy says she's found her mind's community with christian friends um she's been called to give knowing that person can never repay her but also she's found god has repaid her and her own needs yeah absolutely and, and i totally i totally reiterate that i do as well and it's one of the problems i have is i hate the prosperity gospel as much as you do that there's this idea that you give mm -hmm. to get more back unfortunately my lived experiences is mm -hmm. the more generous we've been the more we've had come back so I think if you approach it as a kind of investment opportunity, then you're likely to be disappointed. Um, but actually, I have to say that in reality, our experience as a family is that um, it does seem to work like that, which is really awful for me to, it feels awful for me to say, but. <laughs> Don't you think it's the mindset it's coming from though? If it's a, if the you, mindset. Yeah, yeah. If it's coming yeah, yeah. from the mindset of I'm giving it, I'm giving so that I can get more and so I can keep more that that's not going to happen but if you're going from the mindset of um i'm giving because god told me to of, yeah uh, yeah yeah we're going to um go to a song in a minute i just wanted to say i'd say one more thing if it if it was news to you um this idea of giving of of, of uh, giving at least 10 percent of your income away and you think oh my word i'm i'm nowhere near that how on earth would i get to that I've got a mortgage and uh, my partner doesn't isn't Christian and all those other kind of things. And you'd like to have a conversation about how you can work. I'm not saying that if you're not in the practice of doing that, you should start tomorrow because I know that that's unrealistic. But if you are sensing a bit of a thing from God about how you might work towards that, I'm very happy to chat with you either online or um, if you're around Wellington in person about how you might put things in place to work towards it. So don't, if, you, if you're feeling like that's something you'd want to explore, but you don't see how you can get, get there because it's such a massive step from where you are now, 
then don't let that stop you making a start, I think is what I'm saying. Um, I'd be very happy to, to have a chat with you about how that might work. Let's continue to reflect on these things and uh, as we celebrate God's generosity to us in uh, this song, which is Reckless Love, which is all about God's generosity. There we go. Hold on. Yes, I can share it. Thank you. spoke a word you were singing over me you have been so so good to me before I took a breath you breathed your life in me you have been so so kind Shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, 
coming after me there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's no wall you won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me there's no shadow there's no shadow you won't light up mountain you won't climb up coming after me no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Snow shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. So, Lynn, are you going to lead us in some prayer? Yeah. Okay. Uh, dear Lord, we thank you for your bountiful generosity. We look around and see that you have given us creation and in all its awe, all the stars, all the seas, the skies, the world that we can see in all its wonder. And we're sorry, Lord, that we have misused it and been spendthrift with your, with your gift times. We pray, Lord, for those affected by storms in Malawi, Madagascar and Mozambique at this time and for those involved um, with, affected by and involved with the um, cleanup in Tonga, where people are still trying to put their lives back together. We pray for the situation in the Ukraine, Lord. Again, a situation where people are just holding on, wanting to hold on to the power that they have instead of being open-handed and generous to their neighbours mm. and sharing what they have, want. Um, we pray that you'll be with the Gwilliam family this week, Lord, as they mourn um, a loved one. We pray for anyone else who's um, going through grief, mourning a loved one, anyone who is ill, Lord, facing an operation, of time of a time of great need we pray that we may all be able to just pray lord and ask for wisdom in 
how we should be generous. We may might not have much financially, Lord, but we all have gifts. We all have time. We all have something, Lord, and just put it on our hearts, Lord, what you would want us to give or consider giving and to whom or how. And please, Lord, if we're not sure, give us a, a Christian friend that we can talk it over with. Just pray, Lord, that as we dwell on this uh, subject of generosity, that you would you would give us cause to remember what we have to be grateful for, that what you have given us in your son and reflect that we can give to others to be more like your son. Amen. Lord, I pray for um, those who've been hurt and scarred by um, being generous, but having it um, thrown back in their faces by people taking advantage of their generosity and um, who find it hard um, to, to know how to, to keep opening their hands and being generous because of their experience. And Lord, I really pray for um, your healing um, on any of those situations, Lord, any people here tonight or listening um, to the podcast. Um, and I pray, pray that you really work healing in their lives so that they can um, just see you at work in their lives and see your, your generosity for them and be able to reflect that to others. And Lord, I thank you for their hearts of generosity um, that led them into that situation in the first place. But Lord, I pray that you just, um, you would just give them that, that strength to keep trusting in you and to keep um, trusting in others as well, Lord Jesus, even when it's hard. Amen. Amen. There you go. An hour's flown past again. I know it does. It goes really fast, doesn't it? <sighs> oh, it's been great to have there you. There we go. There we go. Liz and Lynn, and everybody on the stream, and those who are listening later on. It's been lovely to have you with us. Do um, continue to join in conversation on the Facebook group. Send us an email, and uh, we will see you next time. I keep. I'm sure I thought of something I was going to say, and I can't remember what it was, which is driving me nuts. <laughs> oh, never mind. It says my internet connection is unstable, so I'm going to go. We're going to say good night, Lynn. Yeah. <laughs> good night, Lynn. Say good night, Liz. <laughs> good night, Liz. And it's good night from two as well. That's good me night. off. God bless. Bye bye. <laughs> bye, everybody.